Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Into the Word, I've got a word the Lord put on my heart. I believe this is going to be beneficial. Um, it's, it's a heart message from, from my heart tonight. Um, every message is from the Lord, but sometimes the message can be from your heart as well. And, and as I look back on my experiences of 27 years of preaching the gospel, I've seen a lot of things and, and been in, 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 in the preaching of the word and in ministry for a long time, seen a lot of lives that God has touched and God has changed and God has transformed. And what I want to preach about tonight is hope. Amen? Hope. And this is the title, if you're taking notes, The Hope of Change. Okay, the hope of change. And I'm, this is going to be more of a heart-to-heart than it is just a preaching message tonight. I don't care if I get amens or not, um, because this is something I want us to realize that it, this is the core of who we are as believers. This is the core of what Victory World Outreach is about. This is the core of who Jesus is. That if we don't believe that people can change, then we're in the wrong business. Can you say Amen. We, we, this is everything that we are, that we have the, the belief that anyone in any circumstance at any time can change. I want you to write that down if you're taking notes, okay? Anyone at any time in any circumstance can change, okay? One more time. Anyone at any time in any circumstance can change. And so our hope is, what is hope? Hope is the feeling of expectation, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, right? Hope is something that we're hoping for, we're expecting, we're desiring, but we don't have it yet. And it's something that's in front of us, and we hope to have uh, health, we hope to have a good marriage, we hope to have finances to pay our bills, we hope to have uh, uh, a strong family, we hope, there's a lot of things we hope for in our lives and if we can't hope for change, then what are we doing, right? If we don't believe that, how many believe that anyone at any time in any circumstance can change? How many are thankful for that tonight? Change is to make or become different. That, that's who we are. And I want to start off here in this message that tonight in Acts 22 and, and look at, at one of the greatest examples in the whole Bible of change. And we're going to read quite a few verses here, and most of us know this man that we're going to read about, but sometimes we, we hear his name and we don't really see the impact of what God did in this man's life, and this man's name is Paul, who was Saul. Okay, so we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 22, verse 1, and I want to read a few verses here. And as we read this, I want you to see that this is the gospel truth that anyone in any circumstance, at any time, can change. Now, the hope for change is this. We must, we must understand God's power to change somebody is limitless. And when somebody does not change, it is not the lack of God's power that does it. It's the lack of a person not being willing to change. How many understand that? If you know somebody that you're trying to see change and you have hope for their change, first thing I want you to do is, is not lose hope that they can change because that's what I'm saying anyone any circumstance anytime 
But we have to understand for that person to change, they must believe what we're talking about here and accept some things and do some things. And so if it doesn't happen, it's not God's, God's lack of power or lack of will to want to change somebody. But how many know sometimes we can hope for them? We can have some hope for them. They might have lost. How many know a lot of people have lost hope? They've lost hope. And, and, and if you don't have hope, you don't have any expectation for anything to happen. You're hopeless. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so even in a church, we have to make sure that we are making each other accountable or helping each other and saying, listen, you might not have hope, but I have hope for you. You might not think things can change, but I'm going to make a statement to you that anyone at any time in any circumstance can change. And you might not have hope for that, but I'm going to hope for you. And so he says, brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. He's standing in defense of himself in court, and he, and he kind of tells his testimony. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent, and he said, I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. He was his teacher. Taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous towards God as all of you are today. I persecuted, now watch this, I persecuted this way, the way is the gospel, to the death. To the death. Now if you talk about somebody who would seem hopeless, Saul was hopeless. This isn't just somebody who was a mean person. This was a murderer of Christians. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. And also, as the high priest bears me witness and the council of the elders, for whom I also received letters to the brethren and went to Damascus, and he said I would bring in chains those who were there to, be, to Jerusalem to be punished. So not only was he killing them, he was bringing them in in chains to, to be punished by the... So if he didn't kill them, someone else was killing them. That's the kind of man we're talking about here. Now, if you knew that guy's testimony, you'd think, man, there's no hope for this guy. I mean, and I've always said this. He would be for us, when you think about somebody in the world like an Osama bin Laden that was that, a very well-known terrorist name that hated Christians and killed lots of people, that, that would be for us today what we would picture. How many know if you talked about him, you'd think he's hopeless. No way Osama bin Laden could change. And that may seem that way for us from over here in the western part of the United of the world, but how many realize that that's exactly who Saul was? That's exactly who Saul was. He was that day's Osama bin Laden. He was a murderer. He was hateful. And it says, Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, that suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? This is the question that we were all asked by God. This is the answer we all give to the Lord. He said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid but did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. Now, this is where it gets very important. We see that this is a man without hope. He's lost. He has some circumstances that seem beyond repair, that don't seem hopeful. It seems hopeless. But God intervenes. God steps in. God comes in and has, has a moment with this man. And it says, what should I do, Lord? Tonight, all of us 
need to always be asking God, God, what should I do? What should I do? Amen. What, what, where do I need to be? Where, where's my heart? Where's my life? Where's my spirit? And he says, the Lord said, arise and go into Damascus, and you will be told all the things which are appointed for you to do. Let's keep reading here. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand with those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Now, everybody needs an Ananias. Amen. Do you realize in this place tonight, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God used an Ananias for you? Okay? Ananias is that person who spoke the truth to you. Ananias is that person that you need to have in your life that will speak truth to you, that will speak hope to you, that will speak uh, correction to you, that will speak uh, joy to you, that will speak encouragement to you. Amen. How many know we need an Ananias? And this Ananias comes along as a devout man according to the law and having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there. He came to me and he stood and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. When we are being discipled, we are learning how to see again. We have been blinded by this world. We are walking in darkness. The things that we do a lot of times aren't right. How many have seen in the amount of time you've been saved, whether it's a short time or a long time, we just had some people get saved Sunday, that's a short time, or it's a long time, 30, 40 years, how many have seen that you were in the dark and now you're in the light and now you're learning how to see and sometimes you need someone to help you see what you can't see. That's why, that's why I thank God for the pastors in my life and my pastor who can see things in my life that I cannot see that can say, hey, I see you going down a path. I see you going a certain way. Or here's something you could do to improve or do better or be more effective. And I need that in my life. And Saul is realizing that he has an Ananias. And he says, receive your sight. And at that same hour, he says, I looked up at him. And then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you. Look at the person next to you and say, God has chosen you. You believe that? God has chosen you. That you would know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness. Look at the person next to you and say, you're God's witness. Look at the person next to you and say, if you don't tell them, they'll never know. You realize that? Do you believe that? It's, it, God's got some people you're supposed to reach. I can't reach. God's got some people I'm supposed to reach you can't reach. God's got some people next to you that you can reach that they can't reach and vice versa. You've got to tell them. That's what, what, of what, what do you got to tell them? What you've seen and heard. What God, some people say, I don't have a testimony. I don't, know what, I don't know what's God done for me. What has God done for you? I guarantee he's done something for you. And that's what you're supposed to tell. This is what God did for me. You can't come to the feet of Jesus Christ and be saved and not have something happen in your life. So don't think it has to be that you were delivered from drugs or alcohol or those big sins sometimes. Sometimes it's just you, 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 God changed your heart. You were, you were a mean person. You were, you were a prideful person. You were, you were an angry person. You were a, 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 a whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You were something and God changed you. And now he wants you to tell people what you've seen and heard. Look at the last one. Now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sin, calling on the name of the Lord. Father, I pray 
tonight just for a few minutes in this place on this Wednesday night that you would arrest our minds. And God, that you would teach us tonight because this is such an important message, Father. This is such an important thought that we must understand that there is hope, Father, of change. What is our hope, God, that anyone at any time in any circumstance can change? And devil, you try to lie to us, and you try to deceive us, and you try to tell us that we can't, or they can't, or they won't. But God, we know that you're bigger than the devil, and you're stronger than the enemy. And we don't listen to the lies of the devil. We don't listen to the report of the enemy. We believe the report of the Lord. And tonight, Father, we continue to be a church that believes in the impossible and believes that change can happen when you get a hold of a man or a woman's heart and you begin to do surgery on us and you begin to show us the areas in our lives that need to change. Help us tonight, God, to receive what we need to receive so we can become what you want us to become. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. So, great story here of Saul. How many have heard that story before? All right, it's right there in, in, in the Bible. It's clear we... Acts 10 is where he has, or Acts 9 is where he has his Damascus experience. And how many have had a Damascus experience in here? Where you met Jesus and he, he, he changed you. Okay? Now, if you're here tonight and he hasn't changed you, good news is you can change tonight. That, that's what our hope is, is that there's hope for change. It doesn't matter. Listen, every one of us in here at some point gets to a place where we think we can't change. Or we think somebody can't change. Or we begin to doubt because of what we see. We see things. And, and sometimes, how many, how many have ever watched somebody's life and you see them doing things or saying things or going down a route and you know just by what you see, it's going to end bad. Right? Can we all see that? Can we all see that in people's lives? Okay, we see that and we, we want to help and want to change. And, but if we don't have hope that they can change, we're lost. But the truth is, there are also times in our lives where we're the ones that might be heading down a direction. No matter how saved we are or how strong we think we are, we can all get pulled by this world. We can all get uh, uh, attracted to things that can pull us out of the will of God. We, we in, in church, in our fellowship, we have seen so many countless people who were called and used and God was doing great things in their lives, and today they are lost. They're back in their old ways. They're living in sin. Their marriages are destroyed. They're, they're, they're wicked people. They're, they're, they're hateful people. They're lost. Don't think because you're saved that you've arrived. Don't think because you're saved that you've made it. My Bible tells me he who endures till the end shall be saved. So we've got to finish. But we can't lose hope either. We can't look at somebody. This is, I can tell you from my heart, this is one of the things that's kept me going over the years. And sometimes it hurts because sometimes you believe in people that hurt you. But I'm never going to lose hope that people can change. Amen? No matter, no matter how many people I see fail or fall or not make it, I'm not going to let the devil loot, take my hope from me that people can change because if we lose that, we're hopeless. What are we doing in this gospel thing if we don't believe that people can change? No matter where they're at tonight, no matter how low it seems that they'll be. When I was in uh, Tucson this, this last week, I took a quick little trip uh, for a birth, birthday trip for me, for me personally to go back to Tucson. I've been back for a lot of years, and I went to watch a game, and one of my teammates from, 
from overseas is now the assistant coach for Utah, University of Utah. And so I, when I found out he was the coach, I, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to be in Tucson to see Arizona play. Because I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and I wanted to, see, and I'm a big Arizona fan, the University of Arizona. And uh, they're, they're a great basketball program. And so I said, when I found out that he was going to be coached there, I said, I, I'm going to, by faith, I'm going to be there. I'm going to see that game. He got me tickets. We met at the hotel and caught up. And, and uh, he was someone I was able to lead to the Lord and is saved today, praise God. And, and we got together and everything, but amen, praise God. But while, while I was there, I got together with another friend of mine. How many have ever had friends that, that you haven't seen them in a long, long time, but you pick up like you saw them last week? That's what a true friend is. And my best friend growing up, I had a best friend in high school and I had a best friend kind of elementary to junior high. And my best friend growing up from elementary to junior high was Greg Marsh. And uh, we, we reconnected on this trip. But about 17 years ago, when I saw him in Tucson, which was the last time that I remember being together with my family, it was around a Christmas time in Tucson where I grew up, we saw each other and he was a mess. This was a friend that when we were in junior high, you know my testimony, when I got to high school, I backslid and I went the wrong way and, and, and began to make mistakes. But when we were in junior high, this was a friend that when we had sleepovers and we got together at each other's houses, when we had other friends come over, we would lead them to the Lord. We were like, we were, like this, we're getting this person saved tonight at this, at this sleepover. And we would lead them to the Lord. I mean, we were soul winners. We reminisced about this when we were, when we were talking uh, together last week. And so we spent the whole afternoon together, and I took him to the game with me. And uh, he, he, at that time when I met him, he had just come off eight years of meth addiction. And, and if, you, if you were to tell me that that man was going to end up being a meth addict, I would have never believed it. And I had just seen him. He was, he was skin and bones. He did not look like himself. He, he was always fit. He was always muscular. Uh, and, and he was skin and bones. And so uh, he came and heard me preach rededicated his life to the Lord that trip that I, that I was in Tucson and so as we were uh, reminiscing last week if you stay in the gospel long enough you will see things come around and as we're sitting there reminiscing and just talking about our childhood and how how many good times we had he was telling me how he hit rock bottom some people have to hit rock bottom right I mean as far down as you can possibly go but before I say that how many want to be smart and not have to hit rock bottom? Can I just throw that in there real quick? You don't have, if you're here tonight, I can save you from hitting rock bottom. Some of you said, I've already been there. Well, let me save you from going there again. Okay, don't go rock bottom twice. Amen? I can save you from going there through the word of God. But he hit rock bottom. And he told me when he was, when he was uh, that night, I come to find out, I had no idea it was the same week. He began to tell me that week of Christmas, he was under a bridge at 27 years old, under a bridge, and trying to make a fire. In now, it gets cold in Tucson, too. It's probably in the 40s, and he's under a bridge. No food, no money on Christmas Eve. When he, and he has, the most, he has the greatest parents. My parents and his parents were great friends growing up, and he's under a bridge on Christmas Eve trying to make a fire couldn't even make a fire when you're really failing and miserable you can't even do the easy things right and he couldn't make a fire he said he's freezing and he said that was rock bottom for me and I realized I needed to go to my parents house and humble myself and say I'm I'm done I'm not living this life anymore and that was the night was the last night he ever used meth 
and he's been set free for 17 years now. Amen. And he's serving God. He loves God. And we had great conversation. But I said that for two reasons. One is I'm his Ananias. Just like I have an Ananias in my life, the man who told me the night that I got saved, if you don't change, you're going to hell. Amen. Thank God for my Ananias. How many, how many know who your Ananias is? Let me see your hand. You know that person who, who led you to the Lord. You know that person who spoke into your, into, your, into your heart, to your spirit, and that's the person that got your attention, that changed your life, the hope of change. Amen? But the other thing I want you to realize is that he had to hit rock bottom. There was a place where he had to realize, I can't, I can't go any further. And tonight, we can be in two places. We can, first of all, not lose hope that people can change, but we can also be smart and say, God, speak to me right now and keep me from having to go down that road because I don't want to hit rock bottom for once and I don't want to hit rock bottom again. We can have wisdom. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, let me give you a few verses here as we begin to just move on real quickly and stay with me. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the keys here, but I want to read just a few verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verses, uh, I'm going to read 17, the 20's up there, but I'm going to read a few that I didn't send. It says this, just listen to this real quick. He says, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. Okay? He's saying you shouldn't walk like you used to walk. How many know your walk's got to change? Everything about you's got to change. He says, having their understand, dar understanding, darkening, being alien alienated from God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. That was before Jesus, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to uncleanness and lewdness and greediness. Now look what verse 20 says. But you have not so learned Christ. He says, now you're new. You're a new creation. He says, if indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him, then the truth and the truth that is in Jesus, watch this, you put off concerning your former conduct. Amen. This is where a lot of people don't make it in the things of God. They don't want to let go of their old ways. They want, to, they want to serve God. They want to be godly. They want to be saved, but they don't want to get rid of the things that pull them down. You've got to change. You've got to hate your old self. I'll never forget what Chris said that time when he got up here. You know, Chris Austin's a man of few words, but when he speaks, he says profound things. He says, you don't, wouldn't want to hang out with your old self. You wouldn't want to be around your old self. If, you, if, you're, you, 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 if you're saved, you should hate your old self, not want to be around it. So he says, put off that conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Because let me just remind you tonight, the devil wants you to go to hell. The devil wants you to end in hell. The devil wants to destroy you, and he wants to hurt you as bad as he can on the path to get you there. He hates you, and you need to hate him. Amen. You need to hate everything about him. You need to hate the sin that he tries to put in your life. You need to hate the sin that you used to do. You need to hate the spirits that used to be around. You need to hate everything about the past of who you were and put it off. Put it off. Get rid of it. And that you put on the new man. So look at verse, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. 
in true righteousness and holiness. That's what we need to do tonight. So let me give you a key word tonight, if you'll write this down. Here's the key to keeping the hope of change. Here's the key to changing. Here's the key to saying, God, I don't want to go down the path of backsliding. I don't want to go, I don't want to go back to my old ways. I want to be an Ananias. Here's the word, humility. Humility. See how no one said amen there? Humility. We have to humble ourselves. Humility is the key to be able to make it for God. We have to get to a place where we say, God, I need help. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking right. I'm not doing right. I'm not going right. Things aren't right. I need help. God, help me. I humble myself. Anybody who changes, you don't think Saul had to humble himself? Is he thrown off a horse? Now, here's the thing. You can humble yourself or God can humble you. Saul could have humbled himself, but he didn't, so he got thrown off the horse. And he had to be led to the place where he had laid down and couldn't see. Amen. Some people got to learn that way. That's just how it is. But God wants us to put, as Colossians 3 says, verse 12 to 17, he wants us to put on tender mercies and kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering and bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as, see, sometimes we forget that God forgave us. Don't we? Come on, I told you I wasn't going to be a big amen message. That's all right. We have to remember, we want forgiveness, but we don't want to remember that God forgave us. We should forgive others. He says, For, as Christ God forgave you, you must also do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Two more verses. First Peter verse, chapter 5, verse 5. Two verses of the many I could have chosen. I want you to meditate and think about these and, and, and focus on these verses. He says, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Young people that are here this, tonight on, on the front row, you, you teenagers, Learn now to listen to your parents, to listen to those that are older than you. Don't wait till you make a whole bunch of mistakes. And let the parents tell you tonight. We don't think parents know anything. And then you get older and you go, man, I sure wish I'd have listened to my parents. Don't we? Older people, don't we? Even if they weren't saved, man, we should have listened to our parents. They knew something. They knew something that we don't know. But not only that, thank God for God's structure of the church. In this place, we have elders in the church. Elders are people who are experienced in the Lord. And, that, and that's not just a, an older person. That's someone who's got some experience in the Lord. And you can listen to them. You might not have a good family. You might not have the right parents. You might not have that right situation. But you can have somebody speak into your life. Humility is saying, I don't know it all. And I need help. Humility is saying, if you see me do something in my life that's wrong, if you see me going down a path of destruction or making bad decisions, I need you to speak to me. And then you'll be humble enough to say, you know what? You're seeing something I'm not seeing right now. I don't see that, but you see it, and I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to heed to it. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. 
and be clothed with humility. Look at that. Be clothed with humility. There's the key. Clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We cannot get what we do not give. Can I say that again? You cannot get what you do not give. I'm only going to have the grace of God in my life that I surrender back to somebody else. If, I, if I'm saying, God, have mercy on me, but I'm merciless to somebody else, I'm not going to get that mercy. If I'm saying, God, forgive me for these things that I've done wrong, but I'm not forgiving others, God's going to say, I can't forgive you because my word says if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. Isn't that what his word says? Amen? So he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How many want grace? Do you know what grace is? Grace is unmerited favor. It means you don't deserve it, but it's there. And last verse, Isaiah 66, 2, one of my favorite verses. Some of y'all say, you got a lot of favorite verses. Yes, I do. Here's a powerful verse. I have this written in my office. For all those things my hand has made, and all those things that exist, says the Lord. But this, watch this. Whose eyes are God on? Whose who's does God have his eyes on tonight? The one who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at his word. You want God to look down on you? Humble yourself. You want God to have favor in your life? Humble yourself. Humble yourself and say, Lord, I, I don't have it all together. I don't, I don't have it all figured out. But listen, one thing I'm not going to lose, God, is I'm not going to lose the hope of change. Amen? Amen. Let God, let God crack that shell on you. Let God show you how merciful he was to you. Amen. You, you need to see somebody else's problems. That's why it's good to have new converts coming into the church that are coming in with some real problems. So we can see, man, that's what I used to look like. Right? But if everybody's been saved for 50 years and we're the frozen chosen and nobody knew's coming in, then we, we ain't, we're not seeing any life. But it's good to see some people come in who've made some mistakes so we can remember what we looked like when we were there. Amen. There's hope for change. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. And God, we ask you to not let us lose hope tonight of change. Father, tonight I repeat it again. There is no one and nobody and no circumstance and no situation that you cannot change. God, as we are praying tonight on this Wednesday night, I ask that every man and every woman in this place would realize tonight there is hope for change. Not one circumstance, not one person, not one situation is beyond your, your power to change. Your miracle power to, to set free. Your miracle power to deliver tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed all across this place. Would you just begin to humble yourself tonight? Father, I humble myself. Father, I know tonight I am nothing without you. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. But God, with you, all things are possible. Lord, I, I want to have a great marriage. I want to have a great ministry. I want to have a great relationship with you, Jesus. I, I want to have a great relationship with my kids. I want to I wanna have a great relationship with my church family. I want to see your glory in my life tonight, Jesus. And the only way I'm going to see that is 
that I humble myself. That I put off my old ways. I can't expect change in my life if I don't change. Change is doing something different. Lord, we don't want to walk in insanity tonight, which is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Tonight, as we're in the beginning of this year, we're nearing the end of this first month, Father. Let us realize tonight we can't keep doing and thinking and acting and saying the things we did last year that didn't bring results. Those things have to change. Those things have to, something's got to give, Father. Something's got to change. And I have hope tonight that God is able. God is able to change me. God is able to save me. God is able to deliver me. God is able to break the chains of darkness off of my life, the chains of affliction, the chains of bondage, the chains of unforgiveness, the chains of anger, the chains of lust, the chains of addiction. You can break them all off tonight, Father. The chains of pain and suffering and disease and sickness, Father. Oh, Lord, break those chains tonight in this place. As we preach Sunday, Father, we, and we know there's authority tonight in the name of Jesus. We know there's power in the name of Jesus tonight, God. Oh, Lord, I know in this place tonight you are speaking to the hearts of your people. Lord, you're, you're humbling us as we humble ourselves. Father, we're, we're allowing you to speak to us and show us, God, what area in my life, this, we've all got areas, what area in my life tonight, God, it needs to be corrected. Father, what area in my life is, it, it, have I lost hope? Who have I lost hope in? God, give me hope again tonight for that person that they can change. That anyone at any time in any circumstance can change all over this place as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the spirit of the living God is in this place tonight he's touching hearts he's ministering to you he's working on you he's speaking to you he's dealing with you tonight in your walk how many would be honest and say I don't even know Jesus tonight I know of him I've heard of him I I believe there's a God, I believe there's a heaven, I believe there's a hell, but I don't, I don't know Jesus tonight. If you're in this place and you don't have a personal relationship with Him tonight, you can. All you got to do is say, Lord, I need forgiveness tonight. I, I want to change. I want to I change direction. I want to go a different route. I want to I do something different. And I'm going to trust you tonight to change me. How many in this place could say, Pastor, would you lift me up in prayer? I need Jesus tonight. Just lift your hand up and put it back down all over this place. All over this place, I need Jesus. I need him tonight. If you're saved in this place on a Wednesday night, don't take your salvation for granted. Don't, don't think it's, it's, just, it's just always going to be there, easy. You don't have to... You don't have to work on your salvation the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling it's daily it's not it's not a ticket that you have that you can just you can just hold on to and hope I get that you got to make some decisions you got to let some things go because let me tell you something the devil is not stopped working on you 
The devil, the Bible does not say anywhere in the Bible that he was a roaring lion seeking whom he was going to devour. It says he is a roaring lion seeking whom he can and will devour. Now, I don't say that to scare you. I say it because he's a real enemy. But we talked on Sunday in that message that God has disarmed his powers. And the only way he has power in our life is if we give it back to him. The only way he can hurt us is if we surrender our will to the devil. And there's a fight going on. There's a battle going on for our souls. And church, I've seen too many people over the years make bad decisions and have all the, all the hope of the world in front of them and all the potential in the world to do great things for God. And they began to make bad decisions or they wouldn't let go of something or, or they, they wouldn't forgive something or they wouldn't humble themselves and they, they lost hope for change. And they thought, I've gone too far. I've done too much. There's no way I can fix this. Let me tell you something. There's hope of change tonight. Don't lose hope. I have hope for you. I'm going to stand up here and tell you, I have hope for you. I have hope for your loved ones. I have hope for your children. I have hope for your parents. I have hope for your brothers and sisters. I have hope for you, and I hope you have hope for my loved ones. Because sometimes it's hard to, to, to deal with your own loved ones. And you need someone else to say, I'll hope with you. I'll hope for you. Don't lose hope tonight. Say, God, I know you're able to do exceedingly above and beyond everything that I can ask or think tonight. God, I'm going to let you speak to me. God, I'm going to let you transform me. God, I'm going to let you change me. Listen, I stand before you tonight as you're praying right now, and I tell you that I, God's, God's working on me every day. He's never stopped, and he's never going to stop. I, I need to change so many things in my life. I need to surrender so many things to God. He never stops working. He never stops working. He never stops working. The only way he'll stop working is if we resist him. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're, you're running, you're backslidden, your heart's hard, your, your attitude has changed about the things of God, and you're here physically, but you're not really here spiritually. That's a dangerous place to be. Don't let yourself get to that place. That's why we ride the altar. I heard my pastor say a bunch of years ago, he said, ah, if you have to, ride the altar to heaven. This altar is not a place of weakness. This altar is a place of decision. This altar is a place of humility. When I go to the altar, I'm telling the Lord, I don't have it all together, Lord. I need some help. And, and, and maybe, I, maybe this has been a good week or a good month or a good year, but Lord, if you see anything in me tonight... If you see anything in my heart, in my spirit, in my mind that's wrong, would you correct me? That's the attitude I have every time I go to the altar. Every time I get down before the Lord to pray, say, Lord, search my heart. David said, examine me, Lord. Search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Because that wicked way will creep in fast. Amen. As we stand to our feet tonight, humble yourselves. Let's humble ourselves. Amen. This is a message that's so important, so necessary, that as a church, we don't lose hope for change. Sometimes that hope might be for somebody else. Sometimes that hope might be for you. You can change. It can change. What can change? Any circumstance. 
Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Did you hear what I said? Any circumstance. Oh, you don't know how tough they are. You don't know how long. Any person. Oh, you don't know the situ any situation. If we lose hope of that, what are we doing? I've found myself saying that over the years with different people. Different, they're lost. Man, there's no hope for them. In my flesh, not in my spirit. In my flesh, man, there's no hope. They're beyond hope. They're lost. But if we lose that hope, what do we have? The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So what is the opposite of that? Hopefulness makes your heart healthy. There's hope. I believe. I believe. Do y'all believe tonight that Denton can still be saved? Do y'all believe tonight that we can see a revival? That your loved ones can come around? That your enemies can get saved? If we lose hope of that, we're lost. But tonight I know we have hope. As we begin to sing, let's find a place for a few minutes. Let's humble ourselves. Let's, let's get on our knees before the Lord. Let's find a place tonight and let's say, God, I have hope tonight for change. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.